Welcome to Good Girls Talk About Sex. I am sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey, and this is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex. If anything about the previous sentence offends you, turn back now. And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show. Hey friends, I told you that I'd try to drop something fun into your feed while I'm on break, and here it is. A couple days ago, I had a conversation with my friend Stephanie Michelle on Instagram Live. Stephanie is an amazing intuitive eating coach who helps people break out of the binge and restrict patterns of disordered eating. I love her work, and I'm always honored when she brings me on to talk with her audience. We talked about the intersection of body image and sex. Things like believing our partner actually loves our body rather than just tolerating it. And what if I'm not comfortable being naked in front of my partner? And how do I get over that feeling that people would only be interested in me if I were more attractive? And so much more. You can find Stephanie on Instagram at I am Stephanie Michelle. That's I A M S T E F A N I E M I C H E L E. And I'll have that link in the notes. And one more thing thank you to those of you who've been asking when regular episodes will return. I will be back with an all-new interview episode next Thursday. Now, here's my conversation with intuitive eating coach, Stephanie Michelle. That was so easy and seamless. It rarely, rarely ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I was just introducing you um, to my audience, I'm not sure how many people are familiar with you, but um, Leah and I are colleagues and friends. Um, I've had the pleasure of getting to know Leah. Um, she's a podcast host of Good Girls Talk About Sex and on Instagram and Facebook as at Good Girls Talk. Um, and you, are you up to anything else these days? Oh, I have so many things, but, <laughs> but those are the big ones. <laughs> okay. Now you host your PJ parties. We can talk all about that. But I, I wanted to, like, we don't, I don't usually have, um, like, sex and intimacy experts on, like, a bit, and, like, I'm, I'm wondering if people are wondering, like, what's the, what is the connection here? Like, how does this relate to binge eating and, you know, diet culture recovery? And I just wanted to speak a little bit about, about that, um, because I think it's twofold. I think there's a part of it that's, I think when we are in diet culture and when we are, we've learned to suppress our food and control our bodies, we're essentially suppressing so much of ourselves and our impulses and desires and wants and needs. And we're making ourselves really small 
um, in general. And I think that this often breaches the realm of sexuality and intimacy. And um, I think that the journey of healing our relationship with food can, can sometimes really go hand in hand with getting back to our own sexual desires and our own sexuality in general, and just getting to know us at that part of ourselves again, um, because that tends to be something that also gets very repressed. Um, but then also the more obvious sort of connection of body image and how that plays into feeling comfortable being intimate with others and just being comfortable being not, not even just intimate, but in relationship um, and the insecurity that goes along with that. And all of that tends to come up with my clients and in groups I run um, where this sort of, it's like the food stuff sort of gets under control, but then there's um, there's all this stuff that starts to come up around like, but my body, Um, how do I, how do I, how do I live in the world in partnership and not feel insecure about my body? So I wanted to dive into a lot of that with you today. And um, yeah. So how are you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. To all of those things. Yes. (laughs) Good. Um, Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I just like dove right in there. But what was the other thing that was just in my head? Um, oh, I was thinking about the post you just put up recently, which I thought was, I had posted it in my stories too, um, but it was so apropos. And I wanted you to, if you don't mind speaking about that a little bit, the one about, um, do you know what I'm talking about? The one where you just like told the story, you had this big revelation because, oh, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right, just share a little for anyone who's not familiar with you and what you just sort of like shared with us so openly, but I thought it was really nice for this week, especially. Sure. So, um, uh, backstory, I have a lot of body image issues <laughs> <laughs> and I've done some work with you, uh, mm-hmm. around, uh, healing my relationship with food. Um, so, you know, through this last year, I've, I've gotten softer. I've got, <laughs> you know, just, just like many of us have. And, um, I live with my partner and I get self-conscious, you know, there are some times when I'm okay with my body and there are other times when I'm not. And so I, you know, periodically my partner knows I've had very open conversations with him about my body image issues. And, um, and he knows that periodically I'm going to come to him and say, okay, I need some reassurance are you really truly okay with my body the way that it is? Are you really truly okay with the fact that I have gained some weight? Are you really truly okay with the fact that I have rolls and dimples and cellulite and all of the things? Mm. And he's, he's really great about that. Um, But he also, he doesn't usually, he's not the kind of person who's going to say, I just love your body so much. Okay. As he has been in relationship with a bunch of women who have body image issues. And he has learned that no matter how often he puts it into that well of you're beautiful, I love you, I love your body, it's never going to be enough. And so he told me early in our relationship, he's like, I just, I don't comment. I'm not gonna comment Mm -hmm. on your body probably. And like, I understand that that is, you know, that is absolutely a, male response to female diet culture. I mean, there's Mm. male diet culture too. I'm not just discounting that, but like men get affected by this too, by how we view our bodies. 
So I know, I know that that's not a comfortable thing for him, but I still, I need to hear those things. So I'll go to him and I'll say, you know, and so just like, I don't know, last week, I was just sometime in the last 10 days. Um, I was having one of those moments where I was like, I need to know that you like my body. And the conversation continued to the point of him saying, not only do I love your body, but your body is the type of body I fantasize about. It's not just that he tolerates my body because it comes with me, but he actually (laughs) loves my body because it is the type of body that he fantasizes about. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that does not compute. (laughs) (laughs) That is not what we are taught. Oh, and so I literally made him show me like the websites that he goes to for adult entertainment. I made, and he was uncomfortable about it because he he has been shamed for, you know, that type of activity because that's what we do to our men. Uh, But he took me to those sites and he showed me the people and I was like, yeah, they've got bodies just like mine. Wow. Apparently he's not lying to me. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And that's so true that we assume that's a lie. I think the first thing we would think is like, yeah, like, yeah, right. You're just saying that to me to pacify me or something. And that's what I would think. Yeah. Um, Like I'm the best you could get. And so you're just going to sort of do your best to overlook my body as opposed to, oh, wait, you actually love my body the way that it is. I think this is, I mean, how, how amazing to go through that experience with your own partner and like see that in action and be like, wow, like this is a real thing. Um, But how interesting is it that we like, it's so hard for us to grasp that that would be true. Like, or that that would be um, something that like men, that men aren't all looking for a certain body type, because I think that we all default to the idea that like the, the bill of goods we've been sold as to what our bodies, what we expect our bodies to look like, or at least if we, even if we don't expect our bodies to look like that, that we understand that this is the better one, the better body. Mm-hmm. Um, we buy it, we believe that, but it's also like, uh, but men do like, uh, if it's a man, but it's like whoever our partner is, that that's what someone else would be attracted to as well. Like that's, that's, that's a little mind blowing because that's not what we, the message we get and that we assume, and it's also not the message that anyone else, anyone else is getting either. It's not like we're, we're the ones, you know, we're getting some message and there's, Oh, sorry. Hello. Are you still there? Um, <laughs> it, it paused on me. Yeah. You know, where there's like some, it's, it's a different message coming through. So how do you, what do you make of that? Like based on your work with people and, um, just like what you do, how, what's, what sense do you make of the fact that this exists and that, and that there are actual preferences for body sizes that aren't what we're fed? Yeah. So, okay. Yes. Let's acknowledge the fact that this is a hetero heterocentric conversation, the way that we're having it, because we're focused on how the female body is seen by the male viewer. Mm. And let me clarify that even people who are in non-hetero partnerships or have non-hetero desires are still affected by the way that we have taught people to see through the male gaze. So even if I am a female looking for female attention or non-binary attention or whatever, I am still swimming in this stew 
of how we see women's bodies. And that is all created by the male gaze. Okay, so with that said, I literally get messages from men saying, um, is there something wrong with me? I am a you know smaller man who is attracted to larger women. Literally get wow. messages. Is there from something them wrong with me? Saying, wow. Is there something wrong with me? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. So there are people out there. I can, I mean, one of the things that I say to my audience all the time is I can absolutely 100 percent guarantee that there's somebody out there who wants to love you in the body that you're in today. And that's not just some like flight of fancy. This is, I literally see it in action. So one of the things that I, because I've gone through this whole healing journey, like I did not come to sex and intimacy coaching because it's something that's always been easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, that's pretty much how we all do it, right? <laughs> yeah. So I came to this work because I was super repressed until my early 40s. Mm. Um, and I went through this healing experience that was both healing my sexual self and healing my body image sort of in tandem um, because I, I really couldn't do the sexual work until I had dealt with some of the body image issues. But once the body image start, issues started opening up, I was like, wait, but I have this body and I want other people to look mm. at it and touch it too. <laughs> novel idea. <laughs> yeah, because I had, I, I mean, I had had some relationships, I had had some sex, but um, I had not had good sex or, or yeah. <laughs> particularly good relationships mm -hmm. because I thought that, you know, I got into relationships where, with people who were borderline abusive because I thought that's all that I could get, mm. thought that's the, all that I was worthy of. So anyway, I'm, I'm going through this healing process and something that I started doing was putting, and I know this is going to sound so absurd to a lot of people. It's going to sound so counterintuitive. Literally the most healing thing I have ever done for my body image issues is to be naked in space with other naked people. Because what it does is it shows me that my body pretty much looks like everybody else's body. <laughs> and I know talk We've, we've talked about this before. <laughs> oh yeah, we've talked about this. In fact, you've you've come. And what's interesting is that you've come into some of my groups, my body image groups that I've run, and talked about this. And the amount of feedback I get from the from that, like you know, and and I didn't know how people were going to receive that either. But like, it's it's amazing how many people are like, "Tell me more, tell me more." I would like to know where to go to do that. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I've never done such a thing, but I and I I honestly I don't know I don't know, but I I would I just haven't, and I feel a little nervous about that but I can imagine that it is I can imagine that it's like the most fear-facing thing that you can do yeah. and as someone who like is a big proponent of fear-facing in order to to challenge the things that plague you like um that seems like pretty much what would do it <laughs> <laughs> yes so the first 10 times I did it it was massively terrifying like pee in my pants terrifying okay all right so you weren't like on board with it necessarily from oh, the moment you got there no. okay <laughs> and then yeah. it got to the point where I realized how much better I felt each time that I did it it almost be I don't want to say it became addictive as if it was somehow bad mm. it mm. became so nurturing and so fulfilling and this last year 
year and a half almost that we've now been sort of in some form of isolation, I can, I know that my body image issues have started to creep back um, mm. some days worse than others, partially because I don't have this outlet to be in naked space with other naked people. Um, so I Is it something you do regularly, like every year? Um, it's something that I would do as often as I had the chance. There are okay. actually, there where I live in Portland, Oregon. It's a very progressive city with lots mm. of progressive groups. So, um, and I'm part of a community that holds events. Literally, this is oh, what okay. We do. Um, oh wow! But okay. I want to yeah. go back and just uh, to just sort of put a pin on the last point. The reason that I can guarantee that there is somebody who wants to love you in your body exactly the way it is today is because I have been in those groups with people whose bodies range the entire spectrum from, you know, I can see your ribs through your skin to somebody who we would, you know, the media would classify as, you know, and I want to use the words because I know the words can be really triggering, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Very mm -hmm. large. And I okay. have seen that, Every single one of those people has someone looking at them with desire. Every single one of them. I can guarantee that there are yeah. people who want to love you in the body you are in today, not your body 10 pounds from now, not your body when I've completely fixed my eating issues, not your body when I've had the tummy tuck today. Mm. Yeah, I feel this sense of like... Um like almost like on your end, like, because it's like, you've actually immersed yourself in that space of, yes, I have seen this happening. I know this to be true. And, you know, the people on the other side of that thinking like, this is impossible. I cannot believe that is true. And it's one, it's so interesting from like that coach client perspective or, or just person to person perspective of like, no, but I've seen it. <laughs> like I'm watching it and it, and it's true. And it's really out there. It's like this mystical unicorn that you have found um, that other people just simply can't imagine. And I think that's, I mean, it's gotta be liberating to bring people and to like, sort of like help people come to see that and find that. And I mean, I, I remember being before I was with my current, my, my husband, um, I wouldn't have believed that my body was, was, um, worthy of being admired or again, I would have thought it was, oh, maybe someone can tolerate it. I think that's yeah. what I would have thought. Maybe yeah. someone can tolerate it and learn to see past it Look um, for me. <laughs> yeah. Like I maybe believed yeah. that was there. I yeah. think I like was like, there's hope for that, <laughs> but truly. And I think after working with you and, and, and meeting you and learning about all of this through you, because here's the other piece, and we'll talk about this. I think it, it, it's something that comes up a lot is that like my husband has always, my partner has always been extremely uh, effusive about my body and extremely admiring of my body, but I never believed it was real. And so I never gave him the credit for like, I never quite, it was still something that was like, oh, like he's, he's lying or he's, he's just pretending because I'm all he's got <laughs> um, kind yeah. of idea. And once I began to say like, that's not fair for me to like put my body issues on him. Um, what if I actually believed him? Like, what if I, what if I really believed that my body as is was something desirable to him? Because that's, that's what I, that's what he indicates, but it's me. That's like being like, Nope, Nope. Can't be true. Can't be true. 
um, so to, to allow this possibility to be, to be real is like, probably I would think even, even if it's not happening to you in real time, but something that is the possible entertaining the possibility that this can be, is probably this, a step in the direction of like being able to, to get there. You know what I mean? Just understanding that that might be true. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason that I had such toxic relationships is because when a good man, <laughs> you know, a person who is not toxic, male or female, when they took interest in me, my immediate assumption was there must be something wrong with you if you can't see how defective I am. And yeah. therefore, I'm going to reject you because I don't want to be with somebody who's stupid. <laughs> you know? And so I got into toxic relationships with people who are like, yeah, you're not particularly great, but sure, I'll mm. be with you. Mm. Because that's what I thought that I deserved. Yeah. 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 Um, somebody had said back here, um, just to speak back to this point, cause it was a really good point. Um, it totally negates the shame. This is when you were talking about when you see that other people's bodies look like yours. Um, it totally negates the shame because we all make up what other people look like under their clothes. And that is so true. I always think about like, what if we, what if the culture was that we walked around with like, exp like naked, like what if that was a thing that humans did? Like how much more normalized would we all feel? Because we can hide so, you know, not always because you can't always hide things in clothes. We can hide things like, um, cellulite and bot and, and texture, not size, but, but like s proportions and like you can tuck things in and things like that. Some, you know, in, in some Shape cases, it's not, yeah. yeah, like all, all that. Things. And just sort of the fact that we don't see any of that, let alone size, but all the other things, contours, mm -hmm. um, that were always, that's part of body image. Um, and like just how, yeah. So, so you sit speaking to this idea of like, you, you, you are immersed in, in places where you are seeing bodies for bodies yeah. with no, no, no spanks, like no, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Bra, and, even bras. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And I, to your point, I think that if we lived in a world where clothing was not a thing, there would be no body image issues. Mm, interesting. Part of the reason that there are body image issues is because we are taught to cover up and that we're supposed to be ashamed of whatever's mm, under our Ah, that's interesting. Even I had never thought of it like that. Supermodels no. look at themselves. I mean, I remember being blown away. A few years ago, I read an interview with Anne Hathaway, who I think is just one of the most glorious creatures on earth. And she said, I look in the mirror and I think I'm ugly. Mm. Like my, none of my features go together. They're all too big. We don't see ourselves appropriately. Yeah. Not to mention, yeah. if we didn't have clothes, we probably wouldn't have mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, who cares? Anyway, it's all, it's, it is what it is. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. I've never thought about that perspective, but um, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. So it, it's a nice, it's, it's, it's cool that there's outlets for doing that and for engaging and, you know, for, for immersing yourself, at least in Portland. I, I can't say I know of any here in, in Jersey, or I'm sure maybe there are some secret oh, ones there that are. I looked. I, uh, I, I haven't ever looked. Um, but but okay, but given the world we live in, that this is not the case, um, I, oh, I'm getting, okay, we as a society probably wouldn't focus so much on our outward appearance if we didn't clothe ourselves. Yeah, yeah, how interesting is that? Yeah. Uh, the shame cult culture is rampant. Just saw a post where the advice was, you don't want it bad, and oh, you don't want it bad <laughs> enough. And I thought, how do you measure bad enough? Oy vey. I, 
I just, all of those, mm. there's a, there's another account I follow who, who like takes all those sort of memes with those sort of inspirational quotes yeah. and like destroys them. I love it. Um, but okay. Which brings me to some of the questions that came in when I had first posted mm-hmm. that you were coming on the live. Um, and overwhelmingly, I, I mean, I narrowed them down and kind of condensed them into almost one question, but, but so many of the questions were, um, I'm afraid to be in front of my spouse or boyfriend or partner naked. Um, and to the point where some, um, some of the questions were saying, I'm a, I, I avoid sex because of it. Um, others were saying, I do not get dressed in front of my partner because of it. Um, or just simply, I'm just fear his gaze on my body in like a other than like an, I'm running back to bed really quick kind of way, or I'm going to cover up with my towel really quick. Um, I, I can admit that in most of the years of my marriage, I, I, I would have sex, but I would not like out. I wouldn't feel, I would do that when it was like more like, okay, you can't see me as a whole. Yeah. It's like, I will just, but when I'm getting, getting dressed in front of like it, I had to quickly, quickly get my clothes and hide. And the fact that that's happening in so many bedrooms, obviously, um, when body image is an issue is like, how, how do you see that? How do you see someone getting past that or, or even someone dealing with that in starting to deal with that kind of feeling? All right. So if we're talking about people who are in a bedroom with a partner, I'm going to start with the basic assumption that the two of you love each other and support each other. Now, there are lots of people out there who are, you know, having sexual encounters with people who are not a a committed partner. And that's a somewhat separate conversation from what I'm about to say. But if we're talking about a committed partner, let's make the assumption that the two of you love each other and support each other. I, what has been most helpful to me is to say to my partner, I want to learn how to see myself through your eyes. Because I look at me and I see something to be ashamed of, but you seem to love me. You appear to act (laughs) like I am acceptable to you. You treat me as though I am a person to be valued. So help me to see myself through your eyes rather than through my eyes of shame. That is a really scary, vulnerable conversation to have. So I am not suggesting that you like, oh yeah, just go have this conversation tonight. <laughs> It'll be easy. <laughs> like, that's not how it goes. But even just to start thinking about how does my partner see me? What do they admire about me? Can I, you know, it, I hear people say, it's this whole like toxic positivity culture where they're like, if you don't like yourself, just start telling yourself that you do. Like, that's (laughs) pointless. (laughs) You don't buy it. (laughs) Your body, your brain, your nervous system, they know that you're lying to yourself. Yes. But there's an in-between step that says, my partner tells me that they love me. My partner tells me that they are um, attracted to me. I am going to choose to believe, I can't believe that myself yet, but I'm going to choose to believe that my partner believes it. I'm going to choose to believe that they are not lying to me. Mm. It's this really important intermediate step Yeah. where 
my brain isn't going to fritz and, you know, seize up at this idea that I love myself. But it's going to say, I'm going to at least entertain the possibility that this person loves me and cares about me and is not lying to me. Mm. And over time, that can, you know, can allow you to start asking the question, how do you see me? Like, I want to learn to see myself through your eyes. Mm. Um, you, you taught me that, I would say, I don't know how long ago it was, six months ago. And what's that? Ooh, oh, did I lose your, oh, no, I, th I thought that I lost sound. Um, <laughs> and I will say that I remember when I heard that idea, it was like, okay, like, it was sort of mind blowing. It was sort of like, I've never considered that. I've only ever considered my, my version of what I look like and my point of view of my body. Um, and the more time I have spent trying to do that, trying to say like, there's, there's, there's actually two people in this room and there's two opinions going on. Yeah. And the, the more that I, even in times of like that moment where you're like, you're really feeling vulnerable and insecure in that moment, the times where you can bring up, just bring your brain back to the idea that like, mm -hmm, that's, that's your vision of you. And there exists another one. It's on the table too. There's both. You still, yours is still valid, but there's also this one that's valid and you have, and it's about trusting. It's like, I'm not in charge of what my husband thinks. I'm not, I don't get a say in that. And it's kind of like that trust of like, I, I choose to believe that your experience of me is another experience of me. And like, just that, just that, like that adding that, that layer in is like it just it opens it just is there's something it does over time that like I think as far as body image work in general and the way that I see body image work working for yourself when it's even when it's outside of a, a, a relationship um it is about that idea of allowing another option in it's like yeah. it's it's like giving permission to say like your this point of view that you believe so strongly is not a truth with a capital T it's yeah. just yours. Uh, but there's others and that I can choose to allow them into and to see them all. And I could see them all laid out before me and I could choose the one that I believe, but there's also other ones. Yeah. Um, when yeah. I was going through my sexual healing experience, um, I was not partnered at the time. Um, thank God, because I was, you know, my toxic mindset would have put me in yet another toxic relationship. Um, so I was having experiences with a variety of different people trying to sort of relearn myself. What I discovered is that um, this may lead us sort of down a different road, but um, my father was abusive in a variety of different ways with me. One of them was that as I was growing up, he was telling me I was, I was fat, I was ugly, and no one was ever going to be attracted to me. No one was ever going to love me. So now here's the, you know, the person who is supposed to teach me how to feel about myself, telling me that I am completely worthless. So I believed him, because what else are you going to do? So then I get to this place where I'm like, ah, uh, you know, I'm 41 years old. My father died 20 years ago. Um, 
I'm like, okay, I'm time to, it's time to finally let go of his voice because his mm -hmm. voice has been running my life for the last, you know, 40 years. It's time to let go. So I start allowing myself to be in these situations where people might find me attractive, where people fi might find me desirable. And I'm discovering that, wow, he was lying to me. <laughs> You know, like we have this idea also that women over 35 are not going to be seen as attractive. I was in my early 40s. I had tons of attention once I finally allowed myself to be in that space. And what I started hearing was the same things over and over. You know, I love your body. I love your curves. I love your hair. I love touching you. I love your skin. Like all of these things. And I was hearing the same words from different people. And at some point I went to my coach at the time and I was like, I like, this feels great, but I'm afraid of becoming dependent on these other people's words because I'm not supposed to use other people. You know, I'm supposed to not want other people's validation. Mm, mm. And what we came to was the idea that I had not been mirrored properly as okay. a child. I had never been given the messages that I was okay just the way I was. And so I needed to hear all of these voices telling me that I am okay the way I am in order for me to start that process of, I am willing to believe that you believe this to be true. I'm not there yet, but I'm willing to believe that you're not lying to me. Um, I really think that this is a process of healing those old, for many of us, childhood wounds, whether it was from our parents or from kids at school, tell, you know, teasing the fat kids or whatever, that this process is about healing old wounds. This is not just like I show up in my bedroom today and I don't feel good about myself. No, this is right. about your, you know, 14 year old self sitting at home crying because nobody's asked her to the dance. Right. You know, this is deep stuff. This is not just, I don't, I don't want to, you know, go out in a bathing suit. Yes. Um, because I can, I can confirm that, you know, with the people, many, if not most of the people that I work with around body image, there, it, we have conversations that lead back to adolescence, if not earlier, where the voice of a parent or peers, in a lot of cases it is peers, um, convinced them of something that, whether directly related to their body or not, but it translated back to their bodies, um, that it's just not good enough. And yeah. that just carries, it just keeps carrying through. And it's about, and ultimately the conversations always lead back there. So it's, so what you're saying is, the need for validation now around our bodies isn't um, it's not about objectification either. It's about, it's about giving another story back to the one that implanted itself in our minds at such a young age. We need another story. Yeah. And that's what that is. That's what we're seeking there. And that's, that's the point of that. Okay. And some people are able to restory for themselves, but many of us are not. The wounds are too deep. The voices are too loud for whatever reason. It's Okay to want to hear those words mm -hmm. from the outside. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and I don't think when that's very much talked about. So I'm glad that you brought it up here. Um, okay, so there was a question too about like, what would we, would we expect the partner to say back? So, the, so it, for anyone who's just joining, there was a question about, um, you know, when you fear being seen um, 
naked in front of your partner and, and to, the, you know, to have the conversation with your partner of how do you see me and being able to trust that, that, you know, that response. So what kinds of things would you expect your partner to say? Have you, do you have any, like, what are examples of things that partners say back? And if someone's not even, if someone's like, what are you talking? I don't even know. This is not what, you know, like, <laughs> what kinds of things, how can you help your partner sort of like, communicate this to you in a way that they understand even. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, I think what you're saying is exactly right. Like let's set our partners up for success in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So maybe that looks like, and first of all, do not do this in the bedroom. Like, Oh my God, do not do this when your clothes are off. Do not do that when you are in a sexual situation. Do not do this when you are in any sort of vulnerability whatsoever. Okay, good. good. Because if your partner doesn't jump on board exactly the way you need them to in exactly the amount of time you need them to with exactly the tone of voice and look on their face that you need them to, (laughs) if you're naked, it's going to go all the way deep in. Okay. So we have these conversations sitting on the couch watching TV. (laughs) Okay. Or take a walk in the park and sit on a bench or at brunch, whatever, but just don't do it when you're in that sort of naked vulnerability. And then set them up for success by telling them exactly what's going on. Starting with, I am, you know, I'm really working. I want to feel more comfortable during our bedroom time, during our fun time. And I think you know that this is something that's challenging for me. So what I wanted to do is ask you to help me again, see myself through your eyes. So um, could you just like, tell me what your favorite part of my body is and what you love about it. Don't ask them, you know, do you love my body? Don't ask them the big scary question (laughs) because pretty much no matter what they say, you're not going to believe them. Mm. But if you can ask them some real targeted questions, what's my what's your favorite part of my body uh what is something that we do in bed that you really love how what's a way that i use my body that you find really sexy or attractive ask some really specific questions that really point them to giving you that positive feedback that's how you're going to get something that is hopefully going to work for you and how is a partner going to respond Unfortunately, I can't guarantee how your partner is going mm. to respond. Um, I've been very lucky that I chose a partner who, while he doesn't give me this validation just of his own accord, when I ask for it, he understands how important it is to me. Mm. Um, and partially that's because I've been so honest with him. Um, so, yeah, the question of how they're going to respond is, is a big one. And um, so I would say the smaller the questions are that you start with, like help setting them up for success, help them ease into the conversation. You have been thinking about your body image for the last X number of decades. They are brand new to this conversation. So help to ease them into it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I I would assume that most of us have usually broached any conversation like this, number one, in a vulnerable state of like either having just tried on an outfit and we're now (laughs) asking our partner to like validate that we look terrible or like we're in like there's I feel like what 
at least in my experience, we end up having conversations that seek out our own confirmation bias. Like we're really asking them to like tell us what we already believe about our bodies that is negative. And this is a conversation that sort of is like, let's not do that. And let's ask for like, what's good here? Like, tell me what's good here. Tell me what you like. Tell me the positives going on um, so that I can start to think about my body in that way. um, Instead of always just bringing you my plate of baggage of, I hate my body. Don't you? (laughs) Aren't I, aren't I correct? (laughs) And to that end, let's also be sensitive to the fact that your partner may be trigger shy at this point, because if you've asked them to validate how worthless you are so many times, when they hear you asking them for a particular type of feedback, they might immediately go into, nope, not going to say anything. That's dangerous. Which is then perceived as C because, because you agree, you, you don't like it either. And I think that, I think that happens a lot. And I think that's it. it, It's a trigger shot. You're right. It's like, I just know better. I just know that nothing I say is going to be the right thing. And that's because we are seeking. I think we do often seek, confirmation that we you know if we're out to really get ourselves we're gonna you know like we're Mm -hmm. we're we're, you know we're looking for that so um yeah yeah great point um which led me to another one another question i just wanted to get through before um because i feel like time just like flies when we're talking um i don't know which one to ask because a few came in um there well you can pick um there was one question about, I fear that I have to be attractive to be loved or for people to be interested in me at first. Mm. Um, this came from somebody who, um, is attracted to people who are like, who are in gyms a lot and who are also themselves very interested in, in, in their physique, uh, which is a specialized sort of answer perhaps. And, um, also, how can I stop being insecure that my partner is comparing my body to past partners who were smaller or just the common, you know, who they're seeing on TV and in magazines and things like that? Um, that comparison syndrome, how, how do I feel, you know, like my body doesn't measure up to that? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's start with the first one first. Okay. So um, how do I, uh, I'm sorry, can you remind me again, stop comparing myself that was the second one. Do you want to do that one or did you want to? No, no, no. The one about the, the other one was, um, how I fear, I fear that my body has to look a certain way for me, right. for someone to be attracted enough to me or to, to even be interested in the first place. Cause it, I hear a lot that the idea is our body gets us in the door. Our body is the first thing people see. And for people who are going to the gym and like the body is your, is your, is your business card. Like I need to look a certain way to get people interested or else I'm going to be alone forever. Yeah. All right. So this is not the direction that you're going to expect me to go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The first piece of this is to look at what is it that you are telling yourself about that physique being the one that you're interested in. What are you saying that it would mean about you if that person were interested in you? I'm willing to bet that the attraction is not actually to the body. The attraction is to, if that person saw me and was attracted to me, then I could convince myself that I'm actually okay in the body that I'm in. Because that person is socially acceptable. That Mm -hmm. person is at the top of the pyramid. And so if they see me, I can be at the top of the pyramid by proxy. So, and I'm not saying that being attracted to those people is not fully legitimate. 
it may be that you go through this process of exploration and discover, yeah, that really is the body that I'm attracted to. But we have been just as inundated, well, not just as inundated. We have been thoroughly saturated with pictures of a very particular female physique. We have also been inundated with a very particular picture of male physique that is jacked, you know, the, uh, what are they called? The abs, the six pack abs, you know, like in the gym lifting. So just like we have been taught to believe that there is one female body that is worthy of desire, we've been taught that there's one male body that is worthy of, it's, it's a different, it's not the same sort of worthy of desire, but that they're the ones who have power and privilege. Mm. And, um, and so I would, I would want to start with what is it that you think being with that body says about you, means about you, and then let's go deeper into um, how do I, you know, how do I feel about my body so that I can attract the people who I'm attracted to? Because that's actually a totally different question, regardless of what anybody's physique is. The question about how do I, how do I attract the people who I'm attracted to is partially about your presentation, but it's, uh, it, and when I say presentation, I don't mean the size and shape of your body. I mean, like, are you presenting yourself in a way, in an energy, literally in a space where that person is likely to notice you. If the only place that you're seeing the jacked gym rats is in the gym and you have a larger body, they're probably not going to see you because you're putting yourself in competition. Mm -hmm. Competition's a terrible word. But if they're looking around a gym where everybody's got a little mini clothes on, yeah, that's not the place they're going to notice you. But if you put yourself in a bookstore, I mean, that's a terrible probably. <laughs> right now. <laughs> but but like, we get the point. Yeah. If you put yourself in a space where that person is going to notice you as a whole person, not just a person in gym togs, it's going to be a totally different experience. And how much confidence are you? I know that this is such a cliche, but it's the God's honest truth. People are so much more attracted to confidence than they are to bodies. If you show up in a plus size body, rocking it. I mean, think about my go-to is always Queen Latifah. Mm. Oh God, I wish I had the confidence <laughs> at, because that woman is just sex on a stick. Like she's <laughs> Yeah, I find that um, a lot of clients I have can't feel like they cannot access that level of confidence unless their body looks a certain way. And I also feel like it's also possible that if you are attracted to people who are in a gym who are also um, putting a lot of value on aesthetic appearance, that, that they're there is a, there is the possibility that that they themselves um, are immersed so much in diet culture and exactly. in in physical you know the aesthetic culture that they won't be attracted to you if you're in a large like there's a truth to that in in yeah. for some people not for everybody but for some people that what you're looking for is um, 
or other people whose values I align with yours in terms of, we all agree here that bodies get us X, Y, and Z, right? Like this is what, this is the agreed upon thing. And we are looking for others who will, who will further validate that story. Um, so there's just that, that so much well. better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I've said it a bunch, like, but it's, it seems like that's a different thing to look at. Like, so that, that's another thing of like, are you, and is that the person you want to be with? And, and that might feel like the safest person to be with, to be honest, because I, I think that like, there's this question that comes back of, well, we, do you really want to be with someone who wouldn't appreciate you in, in, in a different body size? And the truth is that I think there are people that wouldn't want that. And I think that comes down to not feeling safe with people who would see you and, and also people who would maybe tear down your ideas of, of, of your identity and what you've built it upon. If body image is something that, that you've owned and that has identified, it gets, it gets very deep, very quickly. And yeah. <laughs> at least in my closet, yeah. but like, <laughs> yeah. And something that, um, that I like to, uh, one of the things I love about you is that you post pictures of sort of the non-normative, body every day. Um, something that I have found incredibly helpful is to watch TV, primarily on Netflix, that is not from the United States, um, mm. especially Australia. I don't know why. Mm. I don't, like, I don't know what their cultural assumptions are because I've never been to Australia. But there's this show called Offspring. There's like seven seasons of it on Netflix where the main character is a female. She's lovely, but she's not Hollywood gorgeous. She's not stick thin. And then there are at least two characters that I can think of off the top of my head who live in larger bodies, who are not white. One of them is indigenous. Uh, I don't remember what the other one is. Um, who are treated as romantic hmm characters just like everybody else without it being like a comedy relief or something right. like that mm -hmm. nothing is ever said about it you mm. know like look at what we're doing for the fat character no this is right. just people living their lives and those characters have just as many romantic relationships and romantic oh, wow. offspring i'll look offspring. into that yeah i find watching things like that are so helpful to me in recovering my confidence um you know, I also, uh, the, what, uh, a U.S. show that I really love is Mom um, with Allison Janney because she is like 63 feet tall. Yeah. And every man who she dates on the show is shorter <laughs> than she is. And so I was watching this during my whole like body image healing journey and um, really taking in the fact that like, oh, I've always thought that I needed to have somebody taller than me because that would make me feel petite and feminine. Mm. And maybe that's not actually necessary. Thank goodness, because then I met my partner who's three inches shorter than I am. Oh, we're <laughs> Good thing you watched that in time. <laughs> yes. And I don't know if I would have considered mm, him. That's so interesting. Before I watched that show and took in that message, messaging that we get from media is so powerful. So yeah, I really recommend that show, Offspring. Okay, yeah. good, good one. I haven't heard of it, and I, I concur with um, what you're watching and absorbing on a day in day out basis is going to impact the way that you're you're assessing yourself and uh, assuming that you compare to people, and it's it's defining your norms. Um, so yeah, and I, I posted recently about the fact that um, in the past year or so that I have been posting the images and not only posting them, but I've been like scrolling through, I'm like, I have to look for them. So like I'm scrolling I'm, and my, 
like my whole, I am, I, I don't see it the same as I did a year ago. I, I, my whole, what's normal to me has totally shifted. And what's like, what would have made me pause before in all honesty, no longer does. And, um, it's true. Like it really is true that the more you, your visual diet is super important. Um, the same thing, uh, watching TV when it has to do with dating and relationships and sexuality, that things that never, never crossed my field of vision before. Now I'm like, Ooh, that was a major consent violation. Like, yeah, that's not okay. The way that that person just spoke to them. Oh, that was really coercive. Like I'm super aware of that stuff. And I've started calling that stuff out on, on On your stories. stories. I know Um, it's fun. <laughs> it's true. It's like once you see it, you don't unsee it, and then you, you just start like it. picking it. It kind of kind of kills some things for you because you're like, ah, oh, you know, like I used to. Oh. Yeah. Um, but in the same regard, I feel like um, you can use that. It, it reflects back to you because I feel like even even when I look in the mirror, it's like I am much more willing to look myself in the mirror because I see parts of my body that I you that I would have been like <gasps> shameful, shameful, and now it's like oh cellulite this part's sticking out this part's like not useful anymore like this this is something i see now so it's fine yeah. i feel in good company it's like yeah. it it just makes you feel less alone which i think it all boils down to a lot of the time anyway um we just a minute uh i don't yeah, know yeah. okay go ahead so um i recently had a conversation with someone who said to me and i posted about this um uh, several weeks ago um she said I have a mirror that's directly across from my shower. So I see it every day when I'm stepping out of the shower and I just hate my body so much. And I was joking with my husband that we should take a towel or a sheet and put it over the mirror so that we could just see our heads. And he was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then I was like, oh my God, I can't do that. Like I'm supposed to learn how to love my body, not cover it up. And my response to her was, it's okay to cover it up for a little while. Mm. If what you're doing is re-traumatizing yourself every day when you get out of the shower, you're never giving yourself some time to mm-hmm. like just calm your nervous system down, breathe and feel, just be in the experience of having a body instead of looking at that body. Yeah. Not to say that you're hiding it from yourself forever more, but like allowing your, literally allowing your nervous system to re-regulate. So you're not constantly every day re-traumatizing yourself. And then over time, beginning to be able to look at your body from a new point of view that you cannot get to if you are constantly yeah. spending your time hating it. Yeah. It's like that window of tolerance idea, um, which, you know, like you have to be, you have to, you can't reach too far. You know, it, it's going, you're going to shut off. Exactly. Um, and honestly, I, I completely, honestly, I feel like body image work. If you're someone who is ter- who is really upset when you see your reflection um, could take years and years and years to get to a place where you're actually comfortable looking. I mean, I'm ta- and it could take years and years and years. I, I don't believe that body image is like, as fast of a process for, for everyone, I think that you could be in a place of really needing to go so slowly with that, with, with, with being, and, and taking it in stages. And, yeah. um, and all of this stuff yeah. about, I have to be healed. Like I have to love my body. I have to be healed in order to have a relationship. I have to, I have to, it's all just such idiotic nonsense. That's not how our brains work. Mm. 
our brains need a little tender loving care, not tough love. Yeah. Do do you subscribe to the, I've been, um, you know, the whole idea of like you, no one can love you unless you love yourself. It makes me so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I figured that. So I figured so, I figured so. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with you. Um, but yeah, I know that's like a popular, a popular thing. I, I feel like that's was been going going around for the past like ten years or more, but yeah. I feel like I've been seeing a lot of pushback on that whole idea, and and I agree, I agree. I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, it's it. Not only is it not true, it's damaging yeah. because it leaves people feeling like a failure upon a failure upon a failure. And I also feel like sometimes having someone love you and be able to show you what they see and go, making this conversation full circle is like sometimes you can't get there on your own because you have been so taught something else and your narrative is so wounded and you, having this other person's perspective on you and ability to say, yes, you're lovable. I love you. Like I accept you. Yes. You know, and like, you'd be like, Oh, well maybe this is true. Maybe I can trust that this person's, this person's experience of me is another valid one. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I am three years into my relationship with my partner and I ask him for that validation regularly because I was not with him for how old am I? I'm 40. I'm about to be 47. So I was not with him for 44 years before that. Yeah. Right. And was not properly mirrored. Yeah. So it's going to take some time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that you, and that your partner is, knows this about you and is like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm willing to support you and give you what you need there. Yeah. I'm sure he would rather not have to. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, we deserve partners and I'm going to make this a really general statement. We deserve partners who will love us the way that we need to be loved. And some of us need to be loved through a background of trauma. Mm. And yeah. if your partner can't do that for you, you got some thinking to do. Mm. That will be our topic, our next topic of conversation. But, okay. um, and I mean, I have, I have, I'm sure there's, there are, I mean, there's other things I was going to ask you and there's more things that I know, but we will do that another time. Um, that was but, a somewhat dire note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cliffhanger. Um, but in the meantime, I'd like, you know, where, where do people find you? Just point them in your direction because I'm, I'm sure you're new to some of the people in my audience. So. Yeah. So uh, you can find me here on Instagram at Good Girls Talk. Um, I do posts about sex, sexuality, how body image and sexuality interact, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I do a Friday evening weekly conversation with a doula named uh, her, ta her handle is Joe the Mama. We talk about all things womanhood, motherhood, etc. Um, and then I have a podcast called Good Girls Talk About Sex, where I interview women about their sex lives, which is pretty much the most fun conversation you can have. <laughs> yeah, your podcast is amazing and covers lots of territory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it really does. Like, I really work to to have diverse stories. Not, I mean, yes, Rachel, di racial diversity, age diversity, but also body size diversity, um, you know, physical ability diversity, all of the things I, I really want to hear. I want everybody to hear themselves uh, mirrored back. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I will post this up on my um, stories for today and I'll get it in my, I think I'm going to put, get it in my feed if I could do it right. Um, 
and everyone can rewatch because I know there were a bunch of people who were saying, is it going to be saved? Because they, um, this time frame, I guess, is a little awkward for some people. But thank you oh, so I much. I also say that because I always forget to say this, I am a coach. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I, I, do, I do sex and intimacy coaching <laughs> with people. <laughs> um, for, and then I wonder, like, why are people contacting me? <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to say it. <laughs> yes. So I work with people who, especially people who want to have new experiences in their sexuality, you know, like, are you, are people who have just maybe left a relationship or are starting to date again after the pandemic and sort of trying to figure out how to do that, I can walk through that process with you. Or people who are in a relationship and wanting to explore new things in that relationship, I can walk through that with you. Anything where you're like really wanting to explore something new, that is my sweet spot. So. I can vouch. Leah is amazing. So um, if this is an area that that's it for to today, you. good girls talk about um, sex is produced by me. <laughs> we love coaches. Leah here. Carey um, and edited by Gretchen Kilby. For past I have additional administrative support from Laura O'Connor um, and Maria Franco. I always love transcripts are produced by Jan Osiello. All right, cool. Thanks, and Leah. I'm will, incredibly I'll, grateful I'll for the financial support. From Good Girls Talk About Sex community members at Patreon. If you'd like to support me in telling these stories and answering your questions, head over to www.patreon.com forward slash Good Girls Talk About Sex. You can find show notes and show transcripts at www.goodgirlstalk.com. To ask a question about your sex life, your desires, or anything to do with female sexuality, call and leave a message at 720-GOOD-SEX. And before we go, I want to remind you that the things you've probably heard about your sexuality are not true. You are worthy. You are desirable. You are not broken. I work with women just like you to reflect their true sexual nature back to them without the judgment, shame, or fear that can get in the way of us seeing it for ourselves. As a coach and PJ Party hostess, I will guide you in embracing the sexuality that is innately yours, no matter what it looks like. I'm here to help you sink so deeply into your true sexuality that the version of yourself that was scared to speak up for her own needs feels like a mirage from another lifetime. Until next time, here's to your better sex life. Mm -hmm.